0: Dearest Lord, I just thank you so very much for your kindness and for your word. We want so much, Lord, to be your hands and feet. We pray that you would open our hearts to your wisdom, Lord. Open our hearts and our eyes to um, the work that you have for us to do. Open our hearts and our eyes, Lord, to people who need you. Help us to fill in that gap, Lord, to be your mouth, to be your hands and to provide your kindness, your justice, and your mercy. In your precious name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Podcast from today. Important topic today on um, women counseling women. But first, I wanted to thank all the ladies from the second hour class who did a presentation last week. Y'all did fantastic. I was really, really proud of you. Now, you heard Cardinals lessons, and they were each one excellent, and they really reflected your personality. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed them, so thank you for doing that. I think that encourages, if you haven't taken that second hour class, it is really worth it for your own edification and all the things that you learn about studying, but also for sharing Titus, too. If you have any heart or desire to teach up here, uh, we'd love to have you, so With that said, today we're going to talk about women counseling women, which is kind of the heart of Titus 2. The older women are to teach the younger women. And I have to say that uh, most of this is uh, from Naomi's original teachings. Um, It was a big part of the ministry when I was here. When I was young, there was, I, I think the most I ever had was like 600 ladies. But there was a lot of women. There was a whole class called Rebuilders. There's a whole curriculum for rebuilders. So, if you're in a position where you're counseling someone and you need some great resources, we have them. We keep them. We have a nice little library of things um, from Naomi. Um, I was listening back. I had to, got to drive from Tucson last weekend, so I downloaded a couple of Naomi's teachings. and you can do that. If you go to our website and you find her teachings under Naomi, of course, or any of our teachers. there's Carol Jones, there's myself. There's all of us that have taught up here. and you just, ask it to download, and then it'll put it in whatever program you have available on your phone. So the whole way home, I was able to listen to lessons, and that was fabulous. So yeah. Naomi gave two stories when she was talking about counseling that she loves. Let's turn to Isaiah 58, if you want to join me over there. And God is talking uh, to the people of Israel, and the people of Israel are like kind of complaining, you know, hey, we've done all this stuff for you, and you're not answering our prayers. We've, we've, we've prayed, and we fasted, and and then God comes back and he says, uh, he says, he said, you know, you're you're going without food and you're looking all worn out and tired. But here's what I want from you in verse six. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your home the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. So the point uh, that she brings out in those verses is that, you know, God's asking us to be his hands and feet to take care of those who are um in need and he even talks about lose the chains and and that's part of our job is that and how do we lose change we can't do that but we offer them the gospel we offer them jesus and that's really the heart of counseling is that was one story she started with and the other one was the story of lazarus and you know the story of lazarus when jesus was here on earth he was the brother of uh, mary and he died and um Mary and Martha, and he died. And uh, they had asked Jesus to come because he's sick. Please get here. Please get here. Please heal him. And by the, Jesus tarried. And by the time he got there, Lazarus was dead. And so uh, Jesus comes in and he um, tells Lazarus to get up. And Lazarus does. And then he tells, he was already in his burial clothes. He's all wrapped up. He's in a tomb. They go out to the tomb. They, they go in. And when Lazarus gets up, he tells those women, take off his rags. Go ahead and take them on." So he used their hands to free them. So that was um, that was really a special little story now we told just about the fact that Jesus does use us to, in his work. And I hope we all feel that. And um, if you have any hangups about being part of that solution, we'll talk about that some today. Yeah, so we have the Lord. We also have his word. I love, love, love Psalm 1. We're going to look at that for just a second here. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the shaft which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgments, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So where do we seek answers to to issues in life? Where do we seek wisdom? In his word, we draw from his word. It's our living water. It's what fills us up and, and gives us what to offer. And then Proverbs nineteen twenty is also another little um, piece of encouragement for us in the area of counsel. Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. So part of being a one who offers counsel is we have to use God's word. His, his first, we have to have his have um, be a believer, have him in our heart, rely on the Holy Spirit, His word, and His counsel, and then we have something to offer. So sometimes I think we think we don't have anything to offer because our focus is on the wrong thing. You know, I don't have the right things to say. I don't have the right experience. I'm not sure. What if I say the wrong thing? You know, we have all kinds of things that keep us back. But God says, I have everything you need. You just need to be there. So we're going to talk. We're going to have a hard time sometimes. Someone's going to be talking to us and we're going to struggle in seeing what the core issues are. And when someone's talking to us and telling us how hard the situation is, you know, it's easy to believe that first story we hear, right? Oh man, you know. So how do we, how do we pull out the truth? How do we really minister to somebody when we only have one person? Ourselves, All right? And so, um, so prayer, you know, prayer is powerful and to pray before you meet and to pray with that person and pray with them out loud. And if they're not comfortable, pray with them out loud so that they can hear the request. And then they, then we're more aware of the answers, right? When we pray out loud and we track our prayers, we're more likely to be thankful and to see those answers. Every morning, every Thursday morning, we sit at that table and we pray. And we can't wait to give our list of prayers because you know why? Because we see so many answers. That's a prayer for, powerful little prayer table back there. If you need anything, just let us know. God meets us there. And it's so wonderful to see how God shows up. So I think, but we have to know that we're looking for him and we have to honor that, that part of our, of our ministry. And then we have to be willing, so we have to have wisdom from God's word. We need to pray. Um, I would also say, according to Titus 2, it's women counseling women. Women are not to counsel men. That's a really dangerous uh, thing to play with. I don't, it doesn't, um, it really can lend itself to attraction when you're in the middle of trauma. Things that bring relief and comfort, we become attracted to. And if that's if there's a man sitting across from us, that could happen. Uh, he could be attracted to us. or we that's why God gave women to women ministry. That's where we're supposed to be. And we don't minister to couples. You know, we have a wonderful couple who will, who um, has taken several of our families and counseling the man and the woman. And if you can get your husband, if you feel like you're having real issues, and that's something your husband will do, I highly recommend it. But if it's just, you know, if you're just talking to, um, if you're looking for a woman to talk to, this is the place to come. And there's so much that we can do on just the woman's side without, um, without, if he's not willing to go or if it's not to that point, we just need help in making our marriages better. You know, I've had ladies come and say, I thought I had a great marriage, but now it's even better, right? We can just help each other see what's going on sometimes. Sometimes we're too close to see what's going on. So we can listen. Next thing we do is we listen. Listening takes what time? So we have to have a little time for them. We have to be realistic about the time that we do have, and um, but also no, it's not enough to listen. We're not here just to be a dumping ground for for people's problems. Jesus didn't do that. You know, he what did he have? He he offered himself as a solution. So we need to have God's word and His presence and prayer. And, and um, encouragement to, and hope to give to them, uh, which comes from, from him, not from us. But we don't, we're not just there to listen. Not that we don't do a lot of listening. We're going to talk about that in a minute. In a minute what do we do when we listen? What are we look listening for? What are some cues and things that, that would help us to find out what's really going on? But listening is not enough. And time is not enough. You know, um, they say time heals all wounds, right? It doesn't. Because time, you can do anything with time. You can you can fester, right? You can have unforgiveness in your heart, and it can fester. So time is not enough to help unforgive um, to, to help mend uh, mend or heal a relationship. We have to remember that we're a guide, right? We're not going to be able to force it down someone. You know, they tell a teacher, "Hey, you're not teaching a lesson; you're teaching students." That kind of rings true with me. I like putting together my lesson. I like all the things that God has to say but I can't nobody can force feed somebody else right so in a one-on-one situation you know you listen and you offer and you question you try to draw things out because of them because ideally what you want is for them to come up with the answer and you've provided the tools so that's just a little bit to get going here so that's what we need as a counselor what does she need does she need that's number three on your paper i believe um she needs the lord right and if she doesn't have the lord there's there's still hope you know we don't just bail on somebody because they don't know the lord they're not a christian but we go ahead and start the process right we're willing to spend time god's kindness and his love is what draws us and so you know we can draw someone to the lord by taking concern and compassion over what she's going through and then when we share God's word and we share the gospel, you know, we, we pray that she would accept him. So that's that is a key. And I wouldn't give up on anybody. That's a real, you know, problems are really where people come to know Lord a lot of times. It's like when they see their point of need. So that's this could be a real opportunity. You might get to see a Christian born. How awesome is that? So don't give up. She needs to have a teachable spirit. You know, if all she wants to do is do and she doesn't want to hear what you have to say, then I would limit the time, you know? And you could even say, hey, you know, I believe it or not, you know, I really care about your situation and and I've heard it now, you know, and I think I'm really sorry. It sounds really hard. And if you want my help and my opinion, I have some things I can offer you. You know, we could schedule a time where we could go, you know, we could sit and pray together and kind of move. They don't have to dump all your resources at once. Just invite her, try to get her to, To open up and listen because sometimes we're just stuck, right? And God's Word can open us up. So, a teachable spirit is really, really important. And then, um, confession of sin is really really important. And the way that uh, Naomi phrased that was always, will she own her 2%, right? So, she might not be in a place yet where she's willing to confess the sin. But as you work through curriculum and you work through verses, she may start realizing, hey, I could have done a better job here, but maybe when you first got get together, she hasn't come to that place where she's willing to let go of how angry she is yet, so, you know, it didn't get, whatever's going on didn't get there in a day, right, so you're not going to, you may not accomplish anything in the first several things, but as long as she's willing to meet and, and try to have a conversation, you know, it, it's worth some time to try to invest in someone, to try to help them. And to save a marriage, and I want to say too, all these things are really, really great that we're going to talk about for any relationship. Of course, because of Titus two, we're talking about women to women, but it's um, really helpful for um, just you know, even with your children or just any relationships you have. There's a lot, a lot of meat here to talking to other people. So would she admit her two percent? So. You know, as long as you have hope that 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 might happen, I would keep going. You know, and it may be something very hard that she's going through. But the minute that she's willing to admit, hey, I could have done a little better in this too. That what he did doesn't justify what I did. That I need to take care of myself before God. Then there's hope that things will turn. And in Proverbs 16, 2, it says, every man is right in his own eyes, right? We all think that we're right. We all really believe our own story. So just be patient. So in number on your point number four, I wanted to talk a little bit about proactive listening. Okay, so we're not going to just listen and not reply, we're, but we're going to do a lot of listening up front. And we're going to do a lot of question questioning. Um, you know, she might say, oh, my husband doesn't care about me. Well, what do you mean by that? You know, get her to describe what that looks like. Oh, he's abusive. What does that look like? Does he hit you? Okay, well, let's get you to a safe place. Abusive, he just talks roughly. That's, you know, maybe that's not real abuse, right? So we need to get them to explain and define what they're, what they're going through. See if you'll, she'll describe to you the communication. Well, have you guys talked about it? What does he say about that? And one of the questions I use, no matter what the circumstance is, well, what does your husband say? About you know, he doesn't want me to do this or that. Well, what is he? you know, why is that? So you can, you can find out a lot of information by just asking how the husband feels about a certain situation. And then you find out kind of her worldview of marriage, you know, like, is she very independent? Is she very rebellious? Or maybe there's something, you know, going on that she needs to, needs, uh, that they need further counsel. Listen for ways she may be destroying her marriage. One of the original documents, of Naomi's is uh, 21 ways to destroy a marriage. You know, maybe she doesn't realize how her words are being taken. Maybe she doesn't realize how she's wounding her husband. Um, so, do, you know, when you're listening to her, is she does she have all kinds of opinions about the way he should be doing things? Is she very controlling? Does she feel like it's her job to keep him humble? I counsel a lady like that once, I've mentioned her to you before. I said, well, do you ever tell him he does a good job? And she said, no, because it would make his head too big. All the girls at the office tell him how wonderful he is. I'm like, well, there's your problem. (laughs) You need to tell him. And I want to be the one to make my husband's head big. I don't want another girl doing that, another woman, right? He needs to know that we think he's great. Um, Another way to destroy your marriage is to um, just forget about ever looking nice for him or taking a shower or brushing your teeth, right? Like you don't care about him. So ask her, what's your routine like? You know, do you let him know you get ready for him? Is he? Are you glad when he comes home? Just all the basic things that we know it's as tight as two women, just kind of start digging for what their home life is like. I don't think you can ask her if, you, if she nags, you know? I don't think she'll tell you. Who, who would admit that they nag, <laughs> right? I don't think most women admit that they nag. Well, you told him that. Well, how many times did you tell him that? Well, do you think he knows how you feel about that? You know, you can ask things to find out. Uh, what she's doing I've told him and I've told him well then I think he knows right so just try to maybe help her hear how she comes across how, what does her home look like you know how much time does she spend at her home is she keeping it decent in decent shape is she providing meals doing doing the homemaker thing and being his help me does she do anything during the day that reflects that she is his help me Something as simple as maybe dropping his laundry off for him or ironing his shirts, running his laundry, and even picking up his underwear. Like Carol Jones says, that only takes a second. Just bend over and do it. And then I don't know that, you know, everyone would be open, but I think uh, it's really important to talk about love life, sex life. You know, Um, what is that like for you guys? You know, are you still making love? Let's find out how serious it is here. Do you realize how important it is to him? Do you realize that you wound him when you don't? Look forward to being with him. So there's all kinds of questions you can find out, all kinds of things you can find out just by asking questions. And in, in asking those questions, comparing them to what we what we know and um, have learned through Titus, too. Is she his friendly lover? Do they, hey, do you guys do anything fun together? You know, what do you look forward to? When's the last time you guys did something special? When's the last time you all had dinner together alone? When's the last time you had dinner alone and the TV wasn't on? You know, ask her about the positive things because if she's coming to you for counsel, you're going to hear about all the bad things. But what are the good things? Okay, so then that can be part of your husband homework later. Make some good things. And then you can share with her all the, you know, all the things that can, can really destroy him. And maybe she doesn't realize she's doing it. Maybe she had a really bad example at home. And then you can, you know, when you find out maybe that he's asked her to do something and she won't, ask her why. Ask her why she thinks it's important to him. Ask her what it would hurt to do what he asks. Give her some homework to get that done. Or maybe she has lack of confidence in his decisions. You know, we, um, we were talking at our table last week about all the, the dreams and the plans our guys can have. And it can be exhausting and we can just kind of nip those right in the bud, you know, because we don't have anything to do with them. But 99% of them ladies don't come true, right? So we don't need to be nipping them all the time. We don't need to make sure that we control things on our, on our little path. Is she flexible to his priorities? What does he think is important? Does she get that done? What's something he's asked her to do that she hasn't? And does she tell him she's staying? And, um, you know, I think a lot of times women resist uh, maybe one-on-one or some of these lessons because they think, hey, what about the guy? Does he get off the hook? No, he doesn't get off the hook. You know, and I think, and Carol Mason always says, put it out on on the table. There's things that he does that wound us too. And there's ways to tell him that, you know, I'm not in the middle of a heated battle or not when your feelings maybe are screaming, you know, angry. Hey, can we talk? Do you know, it really hurts my feelings when you, you know, and sometimes they don't even realize, oh, that's silly. Well, maybe it sounds silly to you, but it does hurt my feelings. Can we find a different way to do this? You know, sometimes you just have to Ask them and tell them and in a time and a place that they're willing to hear. And then how about lack of leadership? Well, my husband doesn't leave. Okay, so let's ask some questions to find out what that looks like in their home. Well, What what things do you do? And what, you know, what, where are your responsibilities? A lot of times they won't leave because we don't let them and they're not going to fight us. So those are some things we can just kind of be listening to as we're, as we're asking them questions. But I think it's important to always, always assure them a hope. Proverbs fifteen thirty three is a sweet proverb. I always love going to Proverbs for for counsel. There's just sweet little nuggets you can get to, and get the point across really quickly. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. You know, if she has hope that God's word will make a difference in her life and in her marriage, keep assuring her of that. Assure her that, hey, you didn't get here in a day. It's going to take some time. We just need to hear it, don't we? And we can do that for each other. There's times I'm up and you're down, you're down, and I'm up. you know, and we take that opportunity to encourage others with what we've been through. It doesn't have to be something we've been through, but encourage at the same word that we were encouraged with. It does help if you find somebody who's been through something similar, you know they might have some extra insight, but to encourage. and sometimes you know when things are really, really hard, you can't even think. You know you just hurt. And so to have someone speak, to you. Um, I, I, I have a friend that used to sit, come into the house when I was really, really, really down over some things, and um, she would just sit and speak the truth, you know, and I would just listen, and I would just, it was just affirming to my soul, right, but I just couldn't even, I hurt so bad I couldn't even think, so, you know, just to be, to watch and see if she's open to hearing those things. Maybe that duration will grow, maybe one, maybe at first it's just a nugget, and then maybe she'll want more. You can give more. Maybe you could send a text during the day. You know, text are pretty safe, right? I love getting texts. Uh, when, when Rosie was in the hospital, one of our guys at work would send me a text every day just to remind me who God is, right? It was very in, not invasive. It was just a reminder, hey, God's there. He's got you. It's hard, but it's okay. So let's say that she, we decide she does want help. So number five, um, does she need, does she want our help? So what does that look like? I think it's really important to kind of maybe set some boundaries. You know, what kind of time do I have to allow? Do I want to be texted or called during, you know, at three o'clock when the kids get home or at six o'clock when my husband gets home or, you know, just make some, here's when I'm available. And maybe it's just, uh, once a day at a certain time, or once a week, we'll meet and talk through things, um, but not just to let her you know when someone's in the middle of trauma, they might start kind of hanging on too tight and and too often. So this is what I have for you, and i'll be I'll be more than happy to give you my full attention during these times. And that protects your family, too. A lot of times counseling somebody can draw draw your emotions up, right? because it's hard and it's so sad and it's traumatic, then and maybe it's not so traumatic, maybe it's just something simple, but it can kind of, you can take that on yourself and then it can be reflected how you treat your family, just because it's hard. So you know, find a space where you can talk to her what's not affecting your family. And just let her know, this is, this is how I communicate. Uh, you know, this, this is what I have for you. This, this word of God, the wisdom that comes to the word of God, that's what I have to offer you. I'm not gonna agree with the world, I'm not going to counsel divorce. You're not going to hear that from me. Uh, you know, if, and between us, if it's you know, if you feel like she's in danger, then we would recommend separation, and then further counsel for the two of them. But I, just with you and myself, I'm not going to tell you to leave. So if you want um, my help, that's what we're going to be doing. Um, I told you all the story last year. My one of my daughters, um, Julia. You have met some of you. Um, was at a table with a bunch of ladies, was like a craft club or something, or school moms. And there was one gal just ragging on her husband and then, leave the guy out here. And you know, all the girls are just jumping on this bad wagon. You can do fine without him, whatever. And finally, Jo just said, you know, I'll talk to you all day long about staying married to your husband, but I'm not going to talk to you about divorce. And the little gal followed her out to her car after the meeting. And how neat that that's really what that little gal wanted to hear. She didn't want to be a firm, but you know, they, they're all getting on the bandwagon there. So be willing to be the voice that's not the voice of the world. She can get worldly advice anywhere she wants. Nobody else is going to give her a reality check. Hey, God hates divorce. Hey, have you thought about what it's going to look like when you have half the income? Have you thought about what it's like when you have to go to work and you got sick kids with fever coming? Have you thought about being alone? Have you thought about what happens when He remarries and there's another woman and their standards are very different than yours. And you feel like, and then there's boys in the other house that are the same age as your daughter. So a lot to think about. You know, and no matter how bad things are, things could be a whole lot worse. And we work with what we have. God encourages us to make our marriages work. And so that's what I'm here to help you do. I'm going to help you stay together. As long as it takes. And then give her homework. Give her a verse to memorize. We have um, all kinds of great, I mean, there's all kinds of great books, even on verses by topic or verses for counseling. Um, you know, give her a couple of verses to memorize. And then when, she, when you meet again, make sure she's memorized it. And if she hasn't, how come, why not? Does she understand the power of God's word? And then give her husband homework. Hey, see, and the first thing you're going to ask her is, hey, go home and just listen to yourself. Tell me, you know, tell me how many times, whatever you've picked up in a conversation. Have her go home and just really observe. What do you think is really going on? Have her listen, have her look at her life without a lot of input at first. And then you can offer her things to try to do different. Well, he's been asking you to do that for a while. Why don't you go ahead and just get that one thing done? Or how about just this week you keep up with the laundry? Or about how about, you know, simple things? Whatever it is that's important to your guy. What if you go through the whole week without criticizing him? Ooh, that's always a convicting one for me. And as you're saying these things, you're listening at your house too. And then when you come back, see how she did on the homework and see see what kind of progress they have made. And then ask her, you know, why why do what do you think you're going to get from this time? What do you want to see change? What what is it? That would make things better at your home. And then as you're listening to those things, make sure she understands that there is a huge difference between men and women, right? Does she understand them? Those are huge in understanding our mate. You know, understanding the family they came from, their family of origin, what how their mom and dad interact. Those things are very important components. Um, you know, if there was a marriage before, just what whatever has gone on in their life, what Where are they coming from? Are there trust issues? Maybe you bring things that are, you know, the woman's bringing things to the marriage that are very hard, like maybe sexual abuse. Maybe she suffered something really traumatic as a kid. Maybe her trust levels are really low. Maybe she's seeing things in light of those things that that really taint what she's seeing and feeling. Maybe she interprets them as something they're not. So the difference between men and women is pretty genius, just to look at that. Men and women are different. Did you know that? (laughs) <laughs> they should use different bathrooms, they're different. God made them that way. That is God's design. You know, one of the worst things we did was take creation out of school and let evolution come in. That was foundational to the changing of the way we see the family. The family's not evolving. God already gave the family their design: a husband and a wife who love each other, who work to love each other, who work through troubles, who stay together. For life, we are to make for life, Have that made for life. And we have different things that are important to us. A woman wants to be what? Loved. We love to be loved. But our guy really wants to be respected. Does she understand that difference? There is a huge difference. Yeah, but I love him. Well, does he think you does he know you love him? Well, I tell him all the time. Well, do you do what he asks you? Well, no, it's dumb, you know. You you can't have it both ways. He cannot feel loved if he doesn't feel respected. He's designed to be the leader. Does she understand that? He's designed to be the leader and the protector and the provider. But our culture, girls, we're fighting against culture too. We're all supposed to be equal and able to do whatever we want, all in the same playing field, and we're not. We are equal in importance, but we have different functions. God designed it that way. And when we try to step out of that, it's going to be hard. So does she understand how important it is to be respected for her husband? And does she understand what that looks like? That means that she understands his need to provide, his need to have adventure, his desire for sexual intimacy. All those things are very different than what what she's feeling. Does she understand that? Does she understand that he tends to see the whole picture and she tends to get down in the details? Well, that's a a big, uh, and he's gonna tune out if she's gonna give him all the details. My husband has a sign in his office, he said, um, something like, okay, I've heard, I've heard the problem. Now, what's the solution, right? He doesn't want to go on and on about the details. He just wants to know, how do we get to the next thing? He's very goal-oriented. And then a man tends to have to be reminded of details and a woman tends to never forget. Isn't that true? A man is a logical thinker and she's emotional. And as a matter of fact, if she's too emotional, he will turn out, tune out. If she cries, it will undo him. He doesn't know what to do with that. And he will be done. And in her mind that means, oh, he's unloving. No, it just means he doesn't know what to do with it. So we're not to use our tears to get you know to get things across. You know it's okay to cry, but just but not to manipulate with tears. Language is an expression of how man thinks, and a woman uses language to talk about how she feels. So all these things can be applied to the different things that someone's going through. Did you realize your husband is different? Did you realize he's not your girlfriend? Did you realize he only has so many words? In some cases, sometimes it's opposite. Sometimes the men talk uh, a lot more than the girls, but whatever the case is in your home, a man reacts inwardly, and a woman's very usually very open with her reactions. You know, and I've heard it said too that a lot of times a man doesn't want to open like a reaction, especially if it's an angry one because he's not sure where it'll stop. You know once he lets that anger out, it's very hard to bring it back. So in a, Sometimes when he's quiet, he's protecting you. I'd call that love, sorry. A man tends to be more practical and a woman more romantic and idealistic. A man likes the goals, a woman likes the relationships. So all these things really can, um, if you don't understand them, can lead us to think that our guy is unfeeling. He's just different. I always like this one too. I think it's so good. Just talking about um, bodies. You know, the man is more soul modest, right? He's not, may not want to share everything that's inside. <clears throat> um, and the woman's more body-minded right we we let it all out but we don't want to let it all hang out you know we'd like to like keep it all hidden as if he can't see it a woman is quicker to share her soul but hide her body sex for a woman goes on all day long in mental preparation and a man uh, as soon as he walks in the, in the bedroom <laughs> actually sight is what turns him on so could, that could be anywhere right um And a woman is more sexually stimulated by what she hears and thinks and he, by what he sees, she's slow to get stimulated. He's quick. You know, all those things can make someone who doesn't know anything about that think there's something wrong. So as you're going along with her, kind of educate her about the differences, maybe point them out in context of her issues. And then reverse reasoning is also a very real thing. You know, we, we, Thing that we fall in love with, maybe the thing that bothers us later, you know. Oh, he was so fun loving, and now he's so lazy. You know, maybe he thought he provided good living because a hard worker, and now you know all he cares about is work. So then that, you know, we want it both ways, don't we? You know, we need to arm our our gal with who's got a teachable spirit with God's word, differences between men and women, <clears throat> ways to communicate, to learn to be humble, admit her two percent. One of the biggest things I think is. Um, to make sure that she's willing to forgive and that may take some time but forgiveness is key to the christian faith you know we can't we can't move forward in relationship if we're holding on to unforgiveness and sometimes unforgiveness can come from past even before the husband so um, if there's sexual things that were um, amiss when she was young it could even be premarital sex with him even but if there's things that she has not forgiven herself for She'll have a hard time forgiving him. So accepting that total forgiveness that Christ gives, you know, and realizing how important it is to let go of past hurts. That past hurt could be from, um, you know, neglectful parents or abusive parents or, um, you know, a sibling, a cousin, whatever, sexual things. Um, And if, if if she hasn't dealt with those things, it's going to be really hard to forgive. Forgiveness is so very key to everything that we do in the Christian. So I would make sure that I would always go back to that and make sure that she had let go of things and accepted Christ's forgiveness and was willing to give it. And then just give her give her more homework, you know, to have fun, to make good, to um, provide things, to have good memories, you know, develop a hobby together, spend time with them, keep her mouth shut and not criticize. (laughs) Just learn to have times to enjoy so you have things to look back on things to, and not just to background, but to build on, right? The more you enjoy each other, the more you'll enjoy each other. So there's a lot, lot, lot to this, ladies. We have quite a bit in our, our master manual on counsel. I'd, I think maybe even next semester, we might do a six or seven week um, series on counseling. It's just really uh, good material for ourselves, right? Maybe you heard some things today that you thought, well, I need to work on that. And going to, into the summer, you know? In summer, you might have a little more time to spend with a girlfriend. Maybe someone needs your time and attention, and and uh, your hope and your encouragement. So, you know, I hope you all have opportunity to share what God has given us. This isn't just for us to take in for us. It's not just for me. It's for all of us and that that circle of women that we're all and um, exposed to. So, thank you for that. And then uh, we do have a testimony this morning, speaking of counsel. And I'm going to ask Lupita to come up and share. All uh, well, of you know Lupita, come on up. Lupita started coming to, she is Linda Hernandez's uh, daughter in law. And she started coming when, were you even pregnant when you started Oh, she even came before she got married, wasn't that? So, let's see what Lupita has to say. Good morning, ladies. Okay. So my name's Lupita. I started coming here before I got married a year before. Thank God that made such a big difference in my marriage. But uh, you know, as time went on, difficulties came, and here, here Titus Two Women's Ministry was was here again to guide me along the way. So as I was thinking about this testimony about counseling in my life, the way Jennifer worded it really made me think differently. She said, how has the counsel of Titus II impacted your life?" And I've shared my testimony before on the difference it made in my marriage, how it restored my marriage, how it helped me be a better mom. All these things that she was saying that we, um, we should encourage women to do or think about was things that women did for me while they were trying to counsel me in Titus II. But when I really thought about a specific counsel portion that made a difference in my life. I looked up a definition. In counseling, one of the definitions on counseling is the provision of assistance and guidance. So what the provision and assistance guidance Titus II gave me. And I just really thought about it. I really thought about it. And I came to realize as I was watching a documentary on nature, Interestingly enough, I haven't watched one in a long time, but it used to intrigue me, the science behind it. And now when I watched it, I was just so blown away by God's perfect design. Every little thing. It was talking about uh, the supernatural things that happen in nature. And that is what initially intrigued me to watch it. Supernatural? Supernatural things can only come from God, from the realms that we can't see. And it reminded me of one of the biggest differences that council made in my life was when that woman told me I was fighting a fight that I couldn't see, that I had to fight on my knees. Um, She told me not to give up. She reminded me of the 2% and helped me take full accountability for it. And then it grew. So when I was watching this, I was just like, it was about how animals of different species work together for one little thing. And as uh, Jennifer mentioned evolution, this documentary said that you might have heard that only the fittest survive in the wild, but that's not true. And I was like, wow, really? Like how? And it was showing how in community these these little animals, they work together one way or another to help, help them survive and not just survive, but thrive. Connections that you would never think of. Connections with plants, and I was just so blown away by it. And I thought about, you know, in in the planets, the way they're aligned, how far we are from the sun is just perfect enough to keep us alive, but not kill us. If we were just a little bit closer, it would be too hot. If we were just a little bit farther, it would be too cold. So it just it made me think of God's design, how perfect it is. Then it made me think about creation when he created all this, it was good. And then when he created us, it was very good. So then it reminded me, what really is it that changed in me during this time? And it was that I fell in love with God's design. Titus two, three to five, it helped me see that God's design for my life and for other women was beautiful and it was perfect. I didn't view it that way. I view submission as not so good. I had to learn those things. They didn't just come natural to me as many other women you could imagine. So then I thought about this verse, John 1.1. In the beginning was the word and the word was god in the word i mean and the word was with god and the word was god so this this verse that talked about our roles in life as wives as mothers as teachers it's god his word is god so when we follow it when we really fall in love with it try to consume it all take it all in it's not just something here or there, just something that somebody wants to tell us for their own benefit, it's God. We truly would be following God. And if we reject it, that is what we're rejecting, ultimately, is God. So I just began to ponder these things like, wow, yeah, God really changed, changed me in the time that I was struggling with my marriage, but it didn't stop there. It continued i continued to to seek him and follow him based on these teachings and it just it grew my love for it grew my intentionality for fulfilling that role grew and then that came the want to share it with others because i knew of the beauty of it i knew of how true it was then I realized that this isn't an easy task. When you're sharing the the truth with others, the truth about God's design for us, because it goes against our culture, because it goes against our, our world, we're gonna have a lot of pushback because there's a lot of hurt and resentment like Jennifer was talking about. So I realized how difficult this was as I do it. And sometimes it's frustrating. But I would encourage you not to give up. I remembered this verse. First Corinthians 3, 7 to 11 says, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is, is that God makes the seed grow. So our job is only to share the good news, to share his word, to share him, and he will do the rest. We are not to drown ourselves in somebody else's problems or sorrows we are to counsel them to to be the provision of assistance and guidance to them with God's word and he will do the rest at the end I thought about Luke 18 12 through 14 it says for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted This was talking about when a Pharisee and a tax collector were praying to God and the Pharisee was very proud and praying things about himself. Like, oh, I'm so glad that I'm not like these filthy sinners or like that tax collector over there. And the tax collector was just so ashamed ashamed and felt unworthy to even be near the presence of God that he was asking for mercy knowing he was a sinner. In the same way, it made me realize that we can be like this sometimes. But when we humble ourselves, when we get rid of our pride from these things that we are struggling with, with our roles that God called us to, then we will be exalted by him. And we can always teach others to do the same by showing them by guiding them and continue to widen the circle wherever we go. And ultimately, like the last verse says, so that we may not blaspheme the word of God, but in turn, we can glorify it. Thank you, ladies.